0: In this episode of the Legendary Life Podcast, we welcome Dr. Jeff Dreisel to the show. Dr. Jeff is the man who has been helping me for the past few months after I found out I had three bulging discs in my cervical spine after a car accident I was in. It wasn't my fault, by the way. <laughs> and Jeff is a true expert at physical medicine, physical rehabilitation. He's going to share with you today how you can find an expert in rehabilitation if you are injured. He's going to talk about the reasons why we get injured. And even if you're an elite athlete, because that's his expertise is he helps people who perform at a really high level. Although he works with a lot of sedentary people as well who've been injured in one way or another. So you're going to learn about that. You're also going to learn about cutting edge technology that Jeff is utilizing in his practice, as well as what he thinks the future of rehabilitation technology is going to be. And he is such a knowledgeable guy, such a passionate guy. It just, I had to get him on to have him share his knowledge and his wisdom. So get ready to learn a lot with Dr. Jeff Drasel. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Legendary Life Podcast. I'm your host, Ted Rice, and today I have a very, very special guest. He's the guy who's helping me rehab my cervical disc bulges, and he's been doing an awesome job. And we got some questions after a episode that I did on how to prevent injuries and recover from injuries. Who better to come and ask about this stuff, how injuries happen, how to recover from them, what technologies or manual therapies or anything else, what you need to know about recovering from your injuries than the person who's helping me. So Dr. Jeff Dresel, thank you so much for being on the show today.
1: Well, thank you for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be here, Ted.
0: Cool. So Jeff, before we get into all the amazing things that you're doing today with treatments, all the different technologies and and things that you do to get people such great results. Can you talk a little bit about your experiences that led you to choose this career path where you're helping so many people with what you do?
1: Yeah, I'd love to. It's actually kind of an interesting background because I really didn't have the healthcare background initially. When I finished college, I actually graduated with a BBA, a Bachelor's in Business Administration. And I was doing my own, you know, business, doing sales and marketing. And my father is actually a third-generation medical doctor. And he could see that I just really wasn't as happy, you know, selling different products and whatnot. And uh, one day he, an internist, an MD, had said, you know, why don't – I always had a sport background. I came from wrestling, taekwondo, and different types of uh, athletic things like so. And uh, my dad said, you know – why don't you think about going back to school and something health care? And I was like, well, you know what? And then uh, he's like, well, what about chiropractic? And I'm like, chiropractic? You know, my grandfather was a medical doctor. And I'm like, well, you know, Grandpa always called them quacks, you know. And uh, <laughs> my dad's like, well, you know, if you're not going around saying you're curing cancer and you're dealing with the skeletal system, you know, I see a good benefit in it. I remember that night specifically. So we happened to just go online and I had no idea what a chiropractor was, to be honest with you. So it must have been fate because when I went online and I typed in chiropractic, what popped up was a sport chiropractor, which I've now learned is like an extra 300 hours of continuing ed and you can get you know, your, your diplomate in that. And I just was overwhelmed with joy looking at seeing these guys working on sports and athletes. And I said, you know what? I think I want to do that. So I had a, a bachelor's in business, which meant I had absolutely none of the pre-med sciences. So I had to go back and for two years take all the pre-meds and then uh, got accepted into the chiropractic school and got four years later, got that, uh, the doctorate. And then I joined back in with my father's office where I utilized some space there and really uh, started to do what I thought I needed to do, and that is learn more. You know, because uh, all education in my experiences, not the MD and the DOs, they actually get in uh, the DPMs, they get a lot more residency and a lot of training outside of that four-year doctorate. But myself or some PTs and some of the others that get that four-year doctorate that they uh, that they have, I noticed that a lot of the schools, you know, that it's a business, you know, so they, they give you enough to knowledge to diagnose and certain techniques. But I I took the, uh, the liberty to really uh, spend some money pretty much and learned myofascial works like Graston and active release. I did uh, uh, manipulation under anesthesia. I ended up doing acupuncture certifications and just wanted to learn as much as I could, you know, and uh, that then, brought me to meeting up with a very, very famous and very intelligent neurologist, Dr. Nicholas Sweet, who, thank God for him, him and I kind of had similar, you know, interests. And I now had a a very intelligent man for when I didn't know the questions that I could, the answers to the questions I can direct to. And from that point, him and I have really sat down and, and developed what we feel is a really good physical medicine kind of component, not just chiropractic or PT but a little of everything, you know, a little bit of medicine. We're doing uh, a lot of different things that are cutting edge right now. Thank God. And I guess that's kind of the synopsis really in a nutshell, really quick version.
0: (laughs) Yeah, man. Well, thank you for sharing. And I didn't know that sport chiropractors had to spend more time studying. And I think that shows the level of dedication that you have and, and also your passion. And thank you for sharing that story about the B.A., and feeling like you weren't home with that degree and, and what it meant for you, like job wise, because I know I've talked to many of the listeners and they feel that way or, and some of them are not sure what they want to do. So it's always okay to just do something and then change direction. So really cool, man.
1: Yeah. I and, can remember I had that business degree and I was the first job I had, I was working for $10 an hour. And I was like, Oh, oh. <laughs> I got to figure something out here. I can't survive on this. You know, if I wasn't living with my folks, I would have been homeless.
0: Wow. (laughs) Just curious though. Okay. So it was the money thing that drove you and also the lack of passion.
1: It was both, you know, it really is. Cause I mean, let's be honest, everybody, we need money to survive. If you're only making a few dollars here and there, you really can't look for future growth and not only helping yourself, but your future family. So I knew I needed to change something up and I really didn't have the passion in selling what I was selling. So I figured, you know what, if I'm going to sell something, I might as well sell health. I like health.
0: Oh, yeah. I love it. And you do such an awesome job over there. And I'll tell you, I don't know if I shared this story with you or not, but I talked to Dr. Sweet when I first did my consultation and he said, oh, yeah, well, you know, I work with this guy. He's a chiropractor and he's aware, obviously, like you are and and most people, there's a certain stigma with chiropractors. Some people swear by them, and then other people are like, you know, oh, they're just quacks, like, like uh, mm-hmm. what your grandfather, like my grandfather. said. <laughs> yeah. And what he said was really interesting. He's like, listen, but this guy is just as good as any physical therapist. And I find that he's better with people than some of the physical therapists that I've worked with. And I thought that was a a great compliment and also very true.
1: Oh my God. Well, I got to thank Nick for his nice words. I mean, it's, it's been a privilege really learning from him. So I, I like that. It's nice to know he respects me too.
0: Yeah. Well, it also, it also like illustrates the fact that you can be technically very good. Like I'm sure the PTs, I didn't never met those guys. I've only met you who he had working for him before, I guess, many years ago. But, you know, it's not just all the technique stuff, right? The technical stuff. It's like if you're not a likable person, if you're not good at communicating, then probably going to have a hard time in business, no?
1: Yeah, exactly. That's kind of like I remember us talking a little bit about intent, you know, and I really believe in that. I think that a lot of the healing is in the intent. And I think you could probably see when I'm working on somebody how I'm really trying to, you know, quiet the mind and, and almost kind of it sounds a little... Holistic, but almost kind of feel, you know, and feel for where I feel that they they really need the the myofascial work or where they need to get stretched or if there is some sort of mobilization. And besides that, and also communicate with them, you know, I, I Dr. Sweet has this saying that's on all our paperwork that I love. The secret in caring for the patient is in caring for the patient, you know, and that's so amazing because, you know, I come from a real big medical background, and as you know, my dad's a third-generation MD, and it's amazing how frustrated he is with the healthcare system and with medicine in general, and he's unfortunately not in good health, so I get to see firsthand how it doesn't matter if you've been in a hospital you know, for 35 years you know, helping them make money sending patients. You're still a number to them, you know, wow. and you still end up with just the same problems as every other patient in a hospital setting that's not getting the, the proper attention that they need because it's sad, but it used to be where doctors got reimbursed more to, to go to the hospital. So there was more managed care by your primary and by the, the, the doctors that actually knew you. And, you know, like anything, things are driven by money a lot and it just doesn't make financial sense for a lot of these doctors to go in to the hospital setting and do rounds. Like I grew up and I'm a fisherman and I used to have to go run and do rounds with my dad so he could see all the patients he had in the hospital before we can go out on the ocean. So I remember always going, all right, let's go, let's go, let's rush. And my dad would always take his time and I'd be so frustrated because I'm like, I want to get on the water. But you don't see that these days because there's not a, a financial incentive to really get to the hospital. So they're left with hospitalists or they're left with the uh, the intern, the residents in training. So it's kind of, and I never knew this until I've been seeing it with my dad's health and the frustration of how poor the medicine has been on his managed care. So it's frustrating for me too as a, as a healthcare provider. I don't know as much as them, but I know enough to know, oh, they're not doing it the right way, you know?
0: Yeah, and uh, I wasn't going to get into this late until later because I really want to get into the mechanisms of injury and how to prevent them and how to deal with it. But since we're already talking about it, I mean, you and I, well, I was in your, your clinic the other day and there was a guy in there. Obviously, we can't name names client, patient, mm-hmm. doctor. I don't want to, you know, violate any laws or, or anything like that. But he was talking about a situation, the guy was talking about a situation where he was sort of misdiagnosed and it seemed like the doctor was trying to do something to get some money and man that happens i worked for a plastic surgeon for a while who did like uh or i worked for this guy who did anti-aging medicine just handling some of the stuff for his clients and uh he was telling me about some guy or some woman actually elderly woman who got referred to him and the doctor did an unnecessary procedure you know, and there's a lot of that going on. Can you, can you talk a little bit about that? And then we'll get to the injury stuff, the prevention, the mechanisms.
1: Yeah, I definitely will. You know, I see it a lot in our practice, you know, because we do handle a lot of trauma. And, you know, we do refer a lot to surgeons, too. And we try to be so selective in who we're referring to because, you know, unfortunately, some people are very money driven. And uh, they may perform certain things that aren't necessarily what the neurologist, Dr. Sweet, May recommend or what you know, myself as the chiropractor may think might be the best thing, and uh, that's why it's really important to get second opinions. You know, with everything you do, and maybe even third, especially if it involves cutting you. You know, because it, even if the doctor seems really nice, you know, he may not have the purest motives. Unfortunately.
0: Yeah, and a quick follow up: We're in Miami, right? We're in Miami Beach. That's it's it. A, it's a different <laughs> animal a different down show. here. But in your experience. How much different do you have a lot of experience in other places, or
1: how do you I see the culture much. here? I've only practiced here in South Florida, so but I have friends practicing all over, and sometimes I, I as I said, I'm a fisherman, so I'm going to stay here. But sometimes I wish I was in another area besides South Florida because you know we could take something really good here and unfortunately make it not so good, you know, and it it, it happens and. You know, I don't know why. You know, I'm not a sociologist. You know, I just know that uh, in almost every industry in South Florida, there's always some sort of some sketchy behavior. You know, and healthcare is is one of them as well.
0: Yeah, and is that prevalent all over? Obviously, people taking care of their health. I think we're at the point well, where,
1: you um, know, at, in Florida, we actually the physicians get reimbursed a lot less than other states. Interesting, you know, which which is something that I, I'm not. I guess. You know, I asked, you know, my father as to why, because he's been a, a medical doctor for a while. And his response on that was that, you know, that, that he thought there was two reasons. One, the try to keep the transient per, uh, practitioner so people aren't coming here during, you know, the winter times, you know, and just uh, practicing getting away from the cold and having a, a seasonal practice. And second of all, that, you know, we do have a, a pretty high prevalence of fraud you know throughout, but then the question is, is the fraud more prevalent because we're getting paid a lot less? or I don't know, it's like a, a catch 22, but we do get paid everything gets paid based on Medicare fee schedules in certain states, or uh, if you're in a commercial plan that's like a PPO or whatnot, you'll get like 200 percent of Medicare here in Florida I mean if you end up with 80% of medicare on your on your contract you you have a good billing person that did a good negotiations or even 85 or 90 so we're working with a lot less income and revenue so a lot of the times they do have to do more volume it's just kind of how the business model turns into if you're getting paid less you got to see more you know in order to get the same amount of income coming through
0: or you got to start doing that concierge doctor thing That's
1: it. Or More take like
0: cash us. like you, right?
1: Or like us where, you know, I learned because I help manage my father's practice too and he spends about 45 minutes on patients. So I learned that I'm not going to change him. So instead, we have to find some ancillary services, other things that can help the patient. You know, so we do. And that's what we were talking about. We, we, we incorporate a lot of the newer techno- technologies for healthcare that are not reimbursed by insurance that uh, require you to pay out of pocket.
0: Awesome. Well, for the people who don't live in Florida, can you just talk a little bit about how to spot a good doctor, chiropractor, physical therapist, good health care professional so sure. you know that you're not being taken for a ride? And like you already said, you mentioned getting multiple opinions especially if there's surgery involved but are there any other tips you can give
1: and yeah, definitely i could talk uh, you know about the physical medicine component cuz that's really what i have the experience with and that being those like massage therapists chiropractors physical therapists athletic trainers honestly though the ones that i mentioned here a lot of us share very similar techniques i mean a lot of it is uh, is kind of overlaps there are different philosophies within chiropractic. I personally am under the philosophy of what they call a mixer. And then there's others that are like the straight chiropractor. A mixer is one that mixes, you know, other modalities besides just the adjustment or manipulation. And so for me, if I was a, a layman and I was looking for somebody, I would want to go if I'm seeing a chiropractor to somebody that's not just manipulating a joint, but maybe has been trained in other modalities or specialties. And the same with uh, You know, the PT, the PT's uh, physical therapists now are able to mobilize joints in the state of Florida. It's called not an adjustment, it's a grade three mobilization is what they term what chiropractors would call an adjustment. It's so like
0: calling dry, acupuncture dry needling. D- very similar, <laughs>
1: very similar. It is, you know, that, that's similar as well. The dry needling component is very similar to acupuncture. And in, in acupuncture, when you are treating the local pain area, it's called surround the dragon, like where they put the needles around the, the tender trigger point or the tender spot. And in PT or in chiropractic, they, they term it dry needling, <laughs> you know, which is putting the needles around the tender trigger point. So, yeah, there's a lot of overlaps within different disciplines, you know. All
0: right, cool. Well, I kind of interrupted you there. So look for someone who goes above and beyond just their schooling and make sure.
1: I would look and see what type of postgraduate education they have. You know, like for me, if you look up on Active Release Technique's uh, website, look for providers, I'll be there. If you look for Graston Technique and look for providers – I would be on that uh, on that list. So there's different things you can do. There's a, a lot of really good techniques out there. There's just the two I mentioned are just a couple, but there's plenty of, there's more than, I always say there's more than one way to skin a cat, you know? So it's a bad analogy, but is just how I kind of, there's, there's more things you can do than just one thing. But I would look always and see, you know, and, and if they just say, like right now I'm hiring other doctors, and like my first question is, is, what other postgraduate education have you had? And if they say that they've only done their required biannual, like 40 hours, I'm not really excited to interview them. You know, <laughs> it, it, to me, it seems like they just don't have that passion to to better themselves. You know, because when I got out of school, I don't maybe I was just scared that I didn't know enough because you know? uh, I got out and I was like, I got to learn more. I got to figure out how I can how I can get everybody better. And it did cost money. So that question I asked that particular individual is, is it because of financial reasons that you didn't do the rest of the postgraduate edu- like courses? And I guess he understood where I was going. So he said yes. But uh, it was a phone conversation. So I couldn't read his body language. So I don't know if that was true. <laughs> so, But uh, that would be one thing I would look at and see, has this person really tried to further their knowledge, you know, you know, in medicine and in DOs and in and in DPMs and in dental, there's a lot of residencies and there's a fellowships and there's a lot more learning that goes on. Beso- besides the four years that they have of medical school or osteopathic school or podiatric school, and my philosophy as a chiropractor is we don't have that privilege to get into those spe- specific programs, but we do have the privilege to find the type of techniques that we want to learn. And unfortunately, you know, money's the motivating factor. Pay to learn more.
0: Yeah. Well, thanks. And so important. And just to add in a little bit of my personal experience, it's maybe a hundred, maybe a thousand times easier to become certified as a personal trainer. And you really have to invest in your education if you want to be taken seriously, get people results and Give your clients the best service and best techniques and methods available. So that's such an important lesson for anyone. Uh, really be a master of whatever it is that you do. If money's stopping you from investing in it, then wow, you need to figure that out. Because it mm-hmm. hasn't stopped you, Jeff, and it certainly no. hasn't stopped me.
1: We well, got you figure it out when you really want to do it, you know?
0: Oh, that's so true. Yeah. If you really want it, you'll find a way. If you really find don't, you'll find an excuse is uh, what I think uh, Jim Rohn said. Well, listen, I feel like we fed people the vegetables. So let's get to the meat. Let's talk about injuries because I think it's a huge disconnect for people who exercise. Why they can go and push their muscles and their muscles are getting stronger, their muscles are feeling good. And then one of these connective tissue structures like a labrum in your shoulder or rotator cuff tendon or a meniscus in the knee, some type of uh, passive structure gets busted. So you are a sports chiropractor. You also have done CrossFit, wrestling, Taekwondo. So, you, and And I know you had a bad back injury. Talk a little bit about why people get injured, why there's that disconnect between, hey, I'm a badass lifting a lot of weight or performing well in my sport. And oh, how come I got injured? Can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, for sure. And I can actually talk a little bit about that as well on my own uh, experience. I guess I'm a typical better doctor, you know, do as I say, not as I do type of thing, because I am guilty of, you know, pushing myself so far and not doing the proper post or pre workout training, you know. And what I mean by that is, as they say, you're you're a CrossFit or say you're, you know, you're a weightlifter, we have a tendency to overdevelop certain muscles. You know what I mean? And there's two particular types of, uh, you know, there's a syndromes that are very common in athletes and also in just people that are very uh, workers or students. It's an, one's an upper cross syndrome and the other would be a lower cross syndrome. And basically what this is, it's an imbalance between the, the muscles in the front of your body and, and the muscles in the back. And our body is so smart that there is one there's something called the law of reciprocal inhibition and what that means in simple terms is that let's say my chest is so tight you know that law would require the opposite muscle group the antagonist to actually have to be inhibited weakened so what happens with a lot of people that are really developing their pecs and developing their upper body is you'll see them with those rounded shoulders you know and you've probably seen it you've seen it as you know in your profession you know, and uh, what's happening is they're overdeveloping the pec muscles as well. And, and what happens in that process is the rhomboids tend to weaken. And when they weaken, it allows those shoulders to round out. And then when you start getting those shoulders, the biomechanical differences, now you start worrying about bony structures hitting soft tissue. And that's like you described, where you get the labral tears, you get the bursitis. The most common rotator cuff injury is going to be that superspinatus you know, tendon, those are all the things. And this happens as well on the lower part. In the lower part, it tends to be where, you know, your hip flexors are really tight and the hip flexors are pulling, pulling, causing the glutes to be really weak, which then would cause the erector spinae muscles to be tight. It's literally, that's why they call it a crossover. So if I could tell anybody, anything, it's to really work with somebody that's a good, if you don't know it yourself or do the research, you know, work with a good uh, personal trainer, and not only to develop muscles, but also to, you know, work on balancing and preventing injuries. You know, a lot of this people will do foam rolling and they don't even understand why they're foam rolling. You know, it's just like, you know, my personal trainer said to, to lie down on this and start rolling back and forth. And I think it's important to know why you're doing things. You know, that is literally about the fascial system. And the fascia is... Literally, it's, it's, I kind of think about it like if you've ever seen a, a fish get cleaned and they have that little white matrix that's called a sinew for fish. We have it as, when I was in anatomy, it was the wildest thing. When you start cutting away the skin, you get past the fat. And then right when you get to that muscle, there's this white matrix. That's the fascia. okay. And then there's, there's superficial fascia. And then there's deep fascia. And then that deep fascia is all the way on the bottom right next to where they have the hyaluronic acid. And there's different techniques that work on both the deep and the superficial. Foam rolling tends to do a little bit more of the superficial, but you do get some deep depending upon how you're positioning your body. The reason why foam rolling is really good for you is it's breaking up the myofascial restrictions. And what I mean by that is whenever our body has repetitive movements or we have pain, Or we have inflammation, our body's so intelligent that it will bring down, it will lay out more collagen, more fibrotic tissue. And if it happens to start to restrict the movement between the muscle and the fascia, similar things happen to like when you have those crossover, when you have the upper cross syndromes. It literally tightens a muscle and when a a muscle tightens and shortens, the opposite has to do what we just mentioned because of that law of reciprocal inhibition and then you end up with more biomechanical problems. So it's really important to to not only work on strength and developing cardiovascular and fitness but to really look at your your body as a kind of a as a huge <laughs> a computer, you know, operating everything and and the one big component is the connective tissue which I believe fascia. So if you in my practice most of my techniques are myofascial related, you know, because in, I think that a lot of the problems we get is because of fascial restrictions especially And and athletes, you know, because here's the guys that are always having repetitive movements. They're always getting some sort of pain and inflammation. So we know that it's very important to work on the fascia because as we just understood, we're going to have more fibrotic tissue laid out there.
0: Yeah, and you even showed on, you got Manny in there, who's your physician's assistant, and you were able to show me an ultrasound of not only my bursitis, but you said you were able to see, like, this fibrotic fibro-
1: tissue. Yeah. You remember when we looked at it? You could see it. It was like the uh, the white within the striations of the muscle. So you could literally, on that ultrasound, see the striations. And then in between those striations, all of a sudden, in certain areas, there was that white hypertend, like the, the hyper, I guess, tensor, whatever you want to call it, but it was very very visible.
0: Yeah. And uh, I posted that picture you took of Uh, on Facebook, and a few people asked me whether I was having a boy or girl.
1: So, yeah. That's pretty funny.
0: (laughs) Just an inflamed bursitis, guys. No Bruce Jenner over here. Anyway, but uh, yeah. Okay, so you mentioned these postural distortions, upper cross syndrome, lower cross syndrome, and it's really these repetitive movements either in our sports or the way we write our programs which is really huge people don't get that sometimes all they think is i want my chest bigger to look good in the club for the chicks Uh, but (laughs) yeah so the the muscle and the fascia start tightening up changing the mechanics of joints and causing unusual or stresses to the joints that they're not really designed to handle and then you start getting problems exactly so Other than making sure you're doing some myofascial work and you're doing it right with either a person like yourself or on your own with a foam roller, lacrosse ball, et cetera, Mm -hmm. and making sure you're working the right areas for yourself, what else can we do workout-wise or any other method that, that you think is important to make sure we're not causing these problems?
1: Well, I guess the first thing is, you know, I... The hardest thing for me, and that's why whenever I'm injured, I don't work out, is checking the ego at the door, so to speak. you know. And uh, when you're injured or when you're feeling like something's not exactly 100%, not to go at 100% you know? and to slow down. That's one big factor. The other thing is you know, sleep. We don't realize it, but we really do need sleep. Sleep is where, where our body is actually healing and growing and doing everything, as well as nutrition. So it's really good to if you're really a high-level competitive athlete to consult with either a nutritionist or somebody that you know uh, has a certain training or a personal trainer that's got some certifications in nutrition, or whoever it may be, but nutrition's a very big component, because certain things we're eating can be inflammatory, too, and those inflammatory foods can be causing a lot of problems as well. Can you talk a
0: little bit more about that? I realize you're a chiropractor, although there are a lot of chiropractors that talk about nutrition, but can you talk about maybe your view on nutrition and also some supplements that... Well, well, just your opinion on supplements. Yeah, definitely. Sure.
1: You know, I can a little, it's not, it's just like you mentioned, there's a lot of different in chiropractors. there's a lot of different philosophies and a lot of people like to centralize or go in one direction. I know a little bit about nutrition. It's not my main forte. You know, I'd like to do more sports work and myofascial and then incorporating medical stuff like PRP and things like that, but- nutrition itself i know there's a lot of crash i've never been under the impression to tell people to do a diet i've always in my practice when somebody starts to ask about what they should eat i keep it so simple and what i usually tell them is if god didn't make it don't eat it and that component they ask what does that mean <laughs> you know and then I say, well, think about this. Was pizza made by God? <laughs> you know, was, a, was bread? You know, all these things you got to ask yourself, is there processed foods? How was it made? What's the ingredients? And the other thing is when I tell them to go shopping, it's, you know, to stay on the perimeter of the supermarket. Because if you've ever noticed, that's all the stuff that God's made. <laughs> you know, it's all the meats. It's all the vegetables. You know, and as soon as you start going up and down aisles, you start getting into the packaged foods. So in one part, just talking about nutrition and what you're eating, I would suggest just that. I mean, there's a lot of different diets out there, the paleo, the zone, South Beach, you know, I myself had tried doing the zone. It's hard to follow the blocks. I got really skinny. I tried the paleo. I, I, it was good. I got really skinny. You know me, Ted, I can't get too skinnier. You know? yeah, so man. I, I decided that for me, I just have to eat. Healthy and clean, and actually bring in some extra carbs, because I have a real high metabolism, so I think sometimes some of these uh, diets that they 've designed they 're great, but if you 're already in good shape or you 're already a pretty elite athlete, you kind of have to add other things or you 're really going to either exhaust yourself or you 're just not going to have that the energy or the or the mass that you need. As far as different nutritions, I'm just now getting into what I want to start doing with the help of the medical doctors in our facility is doing some IV nutrition You know where we basically have, back in the old days they used to call it the banana bag where you literally have all these vitamins infused into you for uh, hangovers or, or whatnot. But nowadays it's gotten very uh, scientific and hopefully in the next uh, month or two, we'll start incorporating that. And what there's different types of formulas that they can mix together to increase your immune system, to uh, basically help with different conditions. It's a pretty amazing. Maybe next time after I see the uh, physicians that I've hired and we, I learn a little bit from them, I'll have a little bit more knowledge to share to you guys as well.
0: Cool. And I'd love to experiment with that just to oh, see if it makes a difference. Oh, as soon as we're doing
1: difference. it, Ted, I'm going to put you on there. We're gonna, Shoot we're gonna, me we're up. Gonna, we're going to have to take a picture of you with a lead going through you there too with the bag pumping vitamins in you.
0: Yeah, ah. I'm up for it. I'm down, man. I've put worse things in my body. That's for sure. <laughs> There's 17 years on, you know, in South Beach, I've definitely put worse things in my body.
1: <laughs> you and me both. I grew up in Miami, so. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Well, cool.
0: And you're talking about all this stuff that, all these new techniques. And that's one thing you're really good with. And someone was asking me before, they had a L5-S1 herniation that's causing them a lot of trouble. And uh, he was asking me what is working for me. And I said, you gave me more range of motion in my neck with the ART. You've uh, relaxed the hypertonic muscles that are just, not relaxing and causing pain, but the mechanical cervical traction machine that you have, man, that thing is awesome. Can you talk about the benefits?
1: Yeah, uh, I'll tell you about that. That is actually, it is a type of traction machine. The marketers out there would call it a a non-surgical spinal decompression machine. what the difference is between that and a regular traction is basically it's an intermittent traction device that also is programmed with angles and as well as tension. And what the purpose is, is that, you know, every time somebody gets a herniated disc or in layman's term, they say the slip disc, the body has a vacuum phenomenon. So in, in anatomy, you have a vertebra and then a disc, which is made up of annular cartilage, and then in the center of that cartilage, there's something called the nucleus pulpulsus, which is mostly water, like gelatin aginous, you know. When somebody herniates the disc, it's that nucleus, that mostly water substance that penetrates and, and protrudes out of the disc. And that's basically where the, the pain symptoms are arising. And it used to be where they said it pinched the nerve. But more science has been revealed where it's not that it's necessarily pinching the nerve, the actual fragment of the disc. If that is happening, oh boy, let's get you to the surgeon. But usually it's that, you know, the inflammatory cycle because of that protrusion is irritating the nerve root and whatnot. What a lot of physical therapists and chiropractors and and medical doctors have learned is that besides just jumping right to uh, either injections or into uh, surgery, there's different things we can do, like try to initiate that vacuum phenomenon. So the vacuum phenomenon is the reason that disc, the nucleus, is held in the center. So when I put you on that machine and it's pulling for about a minute and then it releases for 20 seconds and then it pulls again, we're trying to help initiate the vacuum phenomenon. And even if it doesn't get the vacuum phenomenon to suck back in, that extra traction itself just helps with uh, hydrating the disc but also letting up on the pressure on that nerve. That same machine can be used for the lumbar as well.
0: Yeah, and it's amazing if you're suffering from any type of disc injury I highly recommend as a lay person myself you get to someone like Dr. Jeff who has that machine it's really amazing do you want to have more energy through the day how about feeling better and getting more things done in our free online workshop you will learn 11 health and fitness secrets to boost your energy get more things done while you're super busy visit legendarylifepodcast.com and register now free for a limited time And Jeff, I want to follow up with a question that this particular listener asked me. He was talking about the the mechanics of injury, of how disc injuries happen. He was asking about Muay Thai roundhouse kicks, which I know as a martial artist, you're familiar with. Mm -hmm. And it's like, he was asking me kind of like, well, is this bad for herniated discs? And what I answered was, man, you know, sports in general are not good for your joints. They're fun to do. They're good for your muscles, good for your heart. Usually bad for joints, right? (laughs) But if it doesn't hurt you, if it's not making things worse, I don't see the issue with it. What do you have to say about that? And also just keeping your body so that you can go off and do Muay Thai or play a pickup game of basketball without getting injured?
1: Well, you know, most of the time, what happens is if, if we look at the anatomy of the disc, remember I mentioned there's the annular fibers, which is that cartilage that's surrounding the actual nucleus. They're actually cross-linked. So they actually make little cross-links. And that's the reason why if somebody turns, and as you turn, those cross-links can actually become uncrossed and turn more linear. And then that is where you have the likelihood of that nucleus slipping past that, those cartilage fibers. So in those roundhouse kicks... You know, I remember we—I used to do uh, taekwondo, so we had some of them. It was a little different than I think the way the Muay Thai does it, but it's still a similar principle. You do have to twist your body. So he just has to be careful in that he does have a history of a protruding disc. So we don't want to, you know, do too much rotating into the into the torso if it's if it's hot. Now, the, what I mean by hot is just because you've herniated a disc doesn't mean you're going to be permanently impaired for the rest of your life, it means that you have to be more cautious. You're going to be predisposed to having another aggravation. What I mean by hot is it's inflamed. Because as we mentioned before, most of the time that we're getting the pain, it's the symptom of inflammation. And that's why they usually use steroids as an injection to, to go to. If conservative isn't working, then the next step is let's bring in a steroid like cortisone and uh, try to bring the, break the inflammatory cycle. Yeah. Cool.
0: Thank you for that. And I guess maybe one last follow up, then I'd love to get into some of the, the technology that you use that maybe if someone's not in the Miami, if you're in the Miami area, by the way, the Aventura, South Beach area, then you need to check Dr. Jeff out because, yeah, you're better than anybody who I've ever talked to or experienced.
1: <laughs> Thank yeah, you. Absolutely. Well, it's easy to find me. You can just go right to the website. It's Dr. and then my last name, D-R-A-E-S-E-L, drdrazel.com
0: yeah, absolutely. And I'll have that on the show notes for this episode. Oh, of course, of course, man. You know, if I can help you out in any way for sharing your knowledge and your time today, I'd be more oh. than happy to do it, especially since they would get better results than probably who they're currently working with, especially. But one other thing the guy was saying, he got rid of the pain, the radiculopathy was going away. But then he, as he was going back and doing powerlifting, Moves, bench presses, deadlifts, and squats. He was getting inflamed. And can you talk a little bit about coming back to exercise and training hard after an injury?
1: Definitely. It also depends how long they were out. Obviously, if the injury took them out for for more than a month, then we all know that you know after two weeks or so, we if we're not doing the our sport, we're already starting to you know, atrophy just a little bit, you know, so if it's been going on and you haven't been able to to do your sport of choice because of pain and it's over months, then essentially you really have to kind of kind of get a piece of humble pie and and start first by rehabbing and going light. And I would probably even suggest doing a lot of people like to do 80 percent of their max reps. I usually tell people, listen, go with 40 percent of your max to try it out once you're coming back in you know, and they're like, oh, that's too light. And I'm like, you want to go low, go low, see how you feel. If anything feels abnormal, stop, because it's your body. And I know everybody, trust me, I do a lot of sports things. And the hardest thing is to get somebody to stop doing what they're doing. I actually kind of gave up on the elite athletes, you know, I could tell them whatever, but they're going to do what they're going to do. So for those particular type, I try to educate them on what to look for when they're doing it. And that is if anything sharp Like this particular uh, gentleman already knows he had a radiculopathy. And a radiculopathy is basically where the nerve is inflamed and it's following its path, either down the leg or down the arm. And uh, if you've ever had it, you know what it is. And you don't want to have herniated disc and re-injure those nerves and get that radiculopathy. So if somebody's got a history of a, a herniation or whatnot and they feel sharp pain, I tell them if you're feeling sharp pain during a movement, stop the movement relax and don't do it for the rest of the day and come back to it maybe another day.
0: Awesome. Thanks, Jeff. And I think that's really simple, straightforward advice. But coming from you, I think it'll be more impactful. You know, if a homeless guy tells you to invest in a stock, even if it's a good good idea, you're like, nah, man, come on. But if Warren Buffett tells you the same exact information, uh, you're probably going to go do it. So thanks for that. Yeah, you know about the elite athletes. You had a guy in there, a really nice guy, in his fifties, a powerlifting competitive powerlifter who is a previous like Olympic kayaker.
1: Um, yeah, he's amazing. He is amazing. Yeah, I'll say his first name. That's Al. It's uh, he is he's great. And I think he's actually he, we didn't say his last name, so he won't get mad. I think he's actually like fifty four. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, stronger. What was his numbers? He was saying. I think he's deadlifting over five thirty or.
0: Yeah, something like that. And he's got a bit of a shoulder issue. Oh. And what he wanted to know was like, well, <laughs> I've got two meets, one coming up in a month from now and another coming up like right before the end of the year. Is that cool? <laughs> and you
1: know, and to, to what he has is he's got, remember, the, uh, his supraspinatus has a full thickness tear. So what that means is that that major tendon that's holding the rotator cuff in place is not attached. So amazingly, when that happens, usually if somebody abducts their arm, they cannot really get it past, I'd say, about 90 degrees without having to bring their upper trapezius, the upper trap muscle into it to shorten to get the rest of that range of motion. Man, Al is one heck of an athlete because he has such other well-developed muscles within that rotator cuff that... You couldn't even tell that supraspinatus tendon wasn't uh, attached. Could you, Ted?
0: (laughs) No, man. He was raising his arm with no problem. And then I think he
1: was trying to show off so I could tell him, yeah, yeah, I give you the full clearance. Go for it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, I think it's important to note, like you mentioned, the elite athletes, which he definitely is. I mean, The guy's been in the Olympics, and now he's a record holder and defending a powerlifting record. Yeah, they're going to do what they're going to do, but they're also going to pay for that long term, no?
1: Uh, you know, he's a good friend of mine, and I've already explained to him, you know, what's happening. And since he is a good friend of mine, I've already had our doctors – he's already had stem cell injections, put it that way. You know, he knows that he's he. – we've had to do a stem cell, he tore – probably one of the uh, tendons and the, uh, the adductors. And we went in with ultrasound guidance and, and put it in there and he's been doing great. We've done so much PRP injections into him. I mean, I'm surprised he's not one big platelet. He is getting proper care. But as you mentioned, look, if he didn't have the resources to this, I mean, everything we just mentioned is talking about rejuvenated therapy. It's all about basically taking a a stem cell or a blank canvas, and replicating the damaged tissue. So he's already been having to do this in our office because of the amount of stress he's putting on his body. But for all those elite athletes out there, you know, you guys know, you know the repercussions. But it's 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 a high. I know. I was one. I did it myself. I was doing CrossFit and and uh, wrestling, and uh, I definitely, as I said, I, I hurt myself because I was not doing what I tell patients. I wasn't properly. You know, doing the, the stretching and the mobilization and everything, and then I get back into my really routine, and I'm working on patients all day.
0: Yeah, I've had to change my routine as well, as far as doing jujitsu competitions, and it just becomes a thing, an issue of priority. Is your priority to fulfill your addiction to your sport that is not paying your bills? Or is it to do what pays the bills and, and fulfills you in a different way? And I'm addicted to my business now, which seems like you are as well. Yes, um, yes. exactly. But in trying to get a black belt in business <laughs> instead of jujitsu at the moment. Yeah, I, I thank you for saying that because you've had so much experience working with these guys. And I think it's really important to hear stories like that so we can all make better decisions and understand the repercussions of those decisions. Well, Jeff, I want to get into, again, you're this guy who's on the cutting edge. You were talking about PRP injections before we hopped on. You were talking about shooting some stuff in my head to make the the hair grow back. You're just like on the cutting edge of uh, these technologies. Can you talk about What we're doing? Yeah, well, just the importance of those types of technologies, which ones are great, and sure, how you're using them effectively in your practice.
1: Yeah, no problem. I mean, right now, everybody knows what stem cells are and the controversy to them, and it was not really available to the public until fairly recent, and the price was really high until fairly recent. And, you know, now it's, it's gotten to where it's somewhat affordable to have Either stem cells that are coming from uh, donated placenta or the amniotic tissue of the placenta or coming from yourself where they do like mini liposuction into the fat or they go into the bone, into the marrow and and get the stem cells or they're using uh, your own platelet-rich plasma where they, they take your blood, spin it really and then put it back into an area that's either damage for chronic, chronic pain, like a shoulder, a knee, any type of musculoskeletal. But they're actually using this PRP. It's getting really amazing. What I mean by PRP is platelet-rich plasma. And when you have that platelet-rich plasma, those platelets behave like growth factors, basically stem cells. And they can actually attach to a damaged tissue and kind of replicate it to to rejuvenate it. One thing that we were mentioning, because, you know... With all the stress that I go through and helping people and, and running a business, I think I'm starting to lose a little bit more hair. So jokingly, next time we're there, we need to have Manny, my PA, give us some PRP injections into our scalp because uh, the idea is that it'll help revive the, the follicle of the hair, which which usually ends up, you know, being dormant when or sort of speak dead when you start losing your hair. That's just one component to the PRP. I'm I'm really big on trying to to learn what's the best things out there. Like in my office, you've seen it. We have like a whole body cryotherapy machine. Oh, yeah. That I, use, I use basically the whole body cryotherapy machine. And then afterwards, I put them on the whole body vibratory plate, that power plate. And the, the actual therapy with that whole body cryotherapy, it's not when you're actually in the machine freezing your butt off, you know, it's uh, when you come out. So how this works, and there's not too many of them out there right now because they're real expensive, but the cost is coming down. So we may see more people buying the machinery, but you get really cold really fast, two and a half minutes to three minutes. I just increased it now. I was at two and a half, but now I increased it to three minutes for the therapy. You're going to get down all the way into about negative 140 Celsius, which is in the negative 200 and something Fahrenheit. So it gets really cold for about three minutes that freezing Constricts all of the blood vessels. It's called vasoconstriction, you know? And then when you actually come out of that machine, is really when the therapy happens. And then all the blood vessels open up really fast. They dilate, vasodilation. And that immediate rush, first of all, you get that endorphin high. It feels great, you know, almost like you have that runner's high without running. But besides that, it really helps in flushing out a lot of the inflammation. So, and it also helps produce collagen, it increases metabolism. It's really amazing. And the reason I put the power plate after is because the objective to that therapy is increasing blood circulation. So after they get out of the machine and they go on a plate that vibrates, that vibration is going to increase the blood circulation too. So that's just one therapy that we have in there. You know, but there's a lot of different. You guys
0: are the only people in South Florida that do that, or you're like one of the few people, They're right?
1: Yeah, the there's a few of them out there. I know I'm the cheapest, you know, because uh, a lot of the others are, are using that as their only soul for money, you know, and, and myself, you know, I'm not looking at it to get rich. I'm looking at it to, you know, hopefully bring in some more clients and more patients and let them hopefully benefit from some of the other stuff we have in the office as well.
0: Well, Joe Rogan's helping you out there because I oh, think- Oh, yeah, yes, uh,
1: I'm gonna have to send him an email and thank him. Yeah, everybody's getting a lot of people come in and say, oh, Joe Rogan says this is amazing.
0: Yeah, I really enjoy it, even though it's not. I don't know. That sounds kind of weird getting enjoying going down to over 200, negative 200 (laughs) degrees uh, Fahrenheit. But I'll tell you, I feel great afterwards. and, And some of the things that hurt that I'm not in your office for really make a difference. So that's something you should definitely check out. And yeah, what about the laser, the other oh, yeah, stuff?
1: Yeah, we definitely, I use an electroanalgesic machine. This is pretty cool stuff too. That is, used to be where you people had like just interferential or TENS units. And, you know, generally those are sending an a pulse of like 50 pulses to 250 pulses per second. I've got some newer equipment that uh, some people have out there. It's called electroanalgesic machines, and if you think about it, it just means pain relief by electricity. <laughs> and uh, but what it is is it's a programmed computer that literally sends the electrical current in different frequencies and wavelengths that are mimicking the structures that they're trying to treat. So there's one program that's for nerves. There's another program more for tendons. You know, there's another one for the discs, more of a arthritic and. It's just uh, pretty cool. Right now, we're very fortunate with technology advancing like it is, that there are so many different types of physical medicine things out there for us to, to really take advantage of. You know, I also use a, a class four laser. And why I say class four is there's different classifications to, uh, to cold lasers. And when I, mine is a, a cold laser, but if you've ever had a class four laser, it's not too cold, you yeah. know, but- it's actually the four is right before surgical so it can burn so you have to have somebody that knows what they're doing to operate it but with the the idea behind that is biostimulation though it's not the heat it's actually that that laser is supposed to go down to a cellular level which if you've used it you can tell it's going deep and it, it hits i remember the terms you know mitochondria you know it's going down to the mitochondria and within the cells where they actually produce adenotriphosphate, that ATP, and it's trying to get the cells to release more ATP so that you know, your body can heal faster because literally that's their energy within the cells is, is the ATP.
0: Yeah, thanks for explaining that. You know, it's funny. I forget who asked me, but I was interviewing a guest about – it was some health topic. I can't remember which one. And he's like, well, I'm sure you've talked about mitochondria on your podcast before. I'm like – I don't. I'm not really. (laughs) It's just like it just seems kind of random, but you know, this is like a combination of health, personal development. But yeah, you explained it well, man. Very cool. And Jeff, I think not only is that awesome that you're doing all this stuff and on the cutting edge, but you have just given everyone listening a standard to use when they're talking to someone who might be doing their healthcare, their physical rehabilitation. And Jeff is a, the type of guy who you want on your side. Make sure you're not settling for someone who's maybe just looking to get paid or or who just isn't really passionate about what they do. And because your passion for helping people, your passion for knowledge and your passion for thinking outside the box and looking to other technologies to add into what you already do. So effectively is just, you're awesome. Is, is, that's a long way of saying you're awesome, Jeff.
1: Oh, thank you, Ted. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. I tried. Just like you said, I, I, I enjoy watching somebody get better. It's, it's nice to see when you come into the office and they, if you've ever been really hurt, you know, sometimes you kind of feel hopeless, you know, like there's no solution. And unfortunately in the medical world, usually it's, it's unfortunate, but the, the tools that they have is either pharmacology or surgical. And there's definitely different things. And the MDs or DOs are learning this right away that there's a lot more physical medicine that's out there and they're incorporating it too, which is really good.
0: Yeah. You said something about that, that it's really becoming hotter, more trendy or you know, on trend or whatever. And it's easy to see why it's less expensive and you don't have to take some weird pill or, or get cut open. Well, Jeff, th- man, thank you so much for spending your time today and just giving us a clinic on uh, just understanding injuries and also the health care and how we can take better care of ourselves. So really appreciate that. I know everybody learned a lot. If anybody wants to find out more about you, what you do, can you give that website one more time?
1: Yeah, sure. It's really simple. It's Dr. Drazel, and it's just D-R and then D-R-A-E. S-E-L, no periods, drdraisel.com.
0: Awesome. So go check him out. And if you're in the Miami area, you definitely want to check out Jeff's clinic if you want to improve your recovery or if you want to rehabilitate an injury. I literally cannot think of a better place to tell you to go. So Jeff, thanks so much, man. Anytime. All right, I'll see you soon, buddy.
1: Take care. Have a good one
0: now.